Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. We started a series called Arrow Strikers, and we talked about the moment where the king struck the arrows, but he did it in disobedience. And because he did it in disobedience, he missed the opportunity to live in total victory. Because the Bible says that he was promised victory, but when he was given an, an instruction, the Bible says, he said, strike the ground. He, the Bible says he only struck the ground in Second Kings three times. But what Elisha never said was how many times and when to stop. So he strikes it to him, he says, and he gets upset. He says, you could have wiped out these people, but because you only did it three times, you're, you're only going to experience three victories in your life. And then the problems are going to happen again. And I want to talk, we, I wanted to talk about this series because I want to talk about us taking on the opportunities that God is giving me and you. May we never stop in our life. No matter what we're watching, no matter what we're feeling, may we continue to obey the Lord every single day so that we could experience the victories for our life. That's why we titled it Arrow Strikers. That we would continue to strike the ground in prayer, in, in, in whatever else, in our life, with our abilities, that we would continue to strike the ground until our time is done on earth or until Jesus comes back. That we would never stop, but we would stay committed to doing this. That's why it's so important. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Matthew, chapter, four, chapter 25, I'm sorry, verses 14 through 30. Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30. We're talking about opportunities today. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, divided in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you have given me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid and I, would lose, and I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew 
I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from, but from those who do nothing, even with what little they have will be taken away. Now throw away this useless servant into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The time of message is simply this, my opportunity awaits. My opportunity awaits. Church, we have to understand that we are stewards with what God has given me and you. In fact, the definition of a steward is someone that is, is, is to protect and expand the assets of another. A steward is someone to protect and expand the assets of another. And the Bible says that God uses this illustration. Jesus uses illustration about these three men. And he's saying, look, with what I have given you, put it to use. Put it to use. These are opportunities that I'm giving you. You have to understand something, church, that God is asking us to be stewards with our time, with our talents, with our treasures. He's asking us to steward these things well. We need, we have the time right now. Because you're breathing today, there is time. There is purpose. Because you have a heartbeat, there is still purpose for your life. Your time is not up. Your time will be up at some point because we live on this earth. We're not meant to live here forever. But within the time that you have, God is asking me and he's asking you to use the time to glorify him. To use the time to bless him. To use the time to go to work. The Bible says, yes, amen. The Bible says that he gave them according to his abilities. We all have different abilities, but we don't have the same talents. There's something unique about you that God designed you in such a way that you bring something different to the table. If I was to create a big table in this room, every single one of you would have something different to bring. You have a trade to bring. You have a talent to bring. You have a gift that I don't have. You have something that I cannot give, but when you give it and I give mine, we create something better. Amen? For some of you in this room, you're good mechanics. I am not. So if you were to ask me, I have a car problem, fashion, what do I do? I don't know. Call somebody. Some of you are, have talent. Some of you have a talent to talk to people. Man, you can talk to a wall. And create a conversation and a story about it. Which is good. You have good talents to talk to people. If someone has to tell you to be quiet every single time, you have a talent to talk. Some of you have so many different talents. And when we don't recognize the talents, we fail at honoring God with it. Grateful for all our volunteers. But you know what? We still need more. There's still more work to be done. There's still more things to be done. For some of you, my prayer is that you would pray, God, use me, however it is, but use me. May I not waste another Sunday, another event, but God, use me. However you want, use me. Because it's very easy, church, to get comfortable. 
And one thing that I do, I will never settle for is country club Christianity. Where we're just here and that's it. No, no, my desire is that God will put a fire in you to get involved some way, somehow. I'm not saying you have to be here every day. Pastor Sam, I'll be here every day by 9 a.m. I'll be here. You know, I'll be here at 6 a.m. I don't care if nobody's here. No, I'm not saying you have to do that. But what I am saying is that some way, somehow, that you would find a way to get your hand in this. Because church, we're celebrating 28 years today. But God's not done with our church yet. There's still work to be done. This city still has to be changed. There's more people that need to know God. And it requires us together. I was talking to our, we had an outreach meeting. And I was telling our outreach people that the church of God, when when Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit falls on the people, something happens. 3,000 people get saved that day, but something else happens. The church explodes. And within the church exploding, you see that they were dedicated to the word of God, which is what you're doing today. They were gathering on Sundays. And then throughout the week, the Bible says that they were breaking bread and they were meeting the needs of the people. You know, during that time, the Bible says that there was not, nobody was lacking. In other words, if there was someone in this room that came and said, you know what? Hey guys, you know, man, I really need a car. It's hard taking the bus to to go to work or my car broke down. And imagine if we were the kind of church that, hey, you need a car? I got one for you. Imagine that, like that. Hey, Pastor Sam, I I don't got enough to pay my bill. Imagine if we were the church that said, you know what? Oh, you need help to pay off your mortgage. Here it is. How different would our world be when different people would come and give? That's how the church was in Acts chapter 2. And we love reading those stories, but can I tell you something? That can be our church today. That could be something that we experience today. I'm not here to put pressure like, oh, do I buy a car right now? No, you don't have to buy a car. Unless you want to, but you don't have to. But what I am saying is that there are opportunities that await us. There are opportunities for us every single day, that whether it's in church or whether it's in the places that you work at, the school you go to, the business that you own. There is always an opportunity. If you're taking notes, number one is this, is that you always have more than enough for the next opportunity. You always have more than enough for the next opportunity. Jesus shows us he, that, that God gives his people what we need to accomplish with what's next. The Bible says that he gave according to their abilities. In other words, whatever he put in their hands, they could handle it. See, because when Jesus gives me and you a gift, it is according to our abilities. And we are able to handle it. Don't ever let the devil make you think that you can't handle what God's given you. Because if he gave it to you, that means you can handle it. If he placed it in your hands, that means that you can take care of it. God will not give you something that you can't handle. God will not place you in a position that you don't have the ability to take over. God will not give you that business if he didn't think you have the wisdom and the smarts and the, and, and the favor to take care and to expand it. God does things with intention, church. 
The reason why people get frustrated is because they're, they're trying to do things that they were never, they don't have the ability for. God never called them to do that. And because God never called them to do that, they're frustrated. But if you would stick to what God has given you the ability to do, God would bless it and multiply it. The Bible says that the man that got five bags, what did happen? He created five more bags according to his ability. God gave two bags to someone else and God gave back to the, one back to the other one. But according to their abilities, and then you see in the story that God multiplies what he gives them. But it is designed, church. You were designed to handle whatever God has placed, whatever business you own, whatever platform you are in, church. God has designed you for it. That's why I said it right now. I said, don't let the devil, the devil is very good at discouraging people from moving forward and making them think that they are incapable of doing anything. But I thank God that he created us with a faith and with an anointing to do impossible things. That God has created us to make a difference. He's created us to multiply. He's created us to do more than we could ever think or imagine. Amen, church. God's created us with that. Starting a church with just 15 people in 1995. God gave an ability to make that happen and to multiply it. But the multiplication came with people working with what they had. You always have more than enough. Jesus will always give you everything. That's why when Jesus and throughout the Bible, even before Jesus, every story that we love that you could think of like, oh, this is my favorite story of the Bible. God gave them the ability to do what God had called them to do. Whatever God had called them to do. So don't get frustrated. Don't try to do something that God didn't call you to do because you will be frustrated. If I stopped pastoring to go be a businessman, I would be miserable. Because God didn't call me to be a businessman. But God called some of you to be business people. If I stopped even pastoring to go work in sports, I would still be miserable. And that's that I love sports. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a pastor. Some of you didn't know that, that know my testimony. I didn't want to do what I'm doing now. I wanted to get in sports. I remember being in business in college and I was living in Dallas, and I had an opportunity to do an internship for the Texas Rangers, which is a baseball team. That was like my ideal dream. Like, I was like, Jerry Maguire, you know, show me the money, you know. Like, I wanted to do all that stuff. And God was like, nope, that's not for you. And it was, he was right. Because even though I was excited for all those things, I, was still, I still felt empty. Like, I still felt like, I don't know. Like, it sounds cool and all, but I don't, I don't feel passionate like I thought I was. And that's what happens, church. You have to define what God's called you to do and run with it. A clear definition, not what other people are trying to force you to do, but what is God asking you to do in this time of your life right now? Maybe for some of you, the platform of your business is where God wants to use you the most. For some of you, if you're a high school and middle school student in the room, 412, your school is the platform that God has you right now. 
to change a generation, to change your school, to change the people that you hang out with. I'm so grateful we have camp. This week's going to be amazing. I'm going to be there tomorrow night for the first night. I know God's going to do great things, but with what it would be a waste to go to camp and not do something with it. You will always have more than enough, church, for the next opportunity. When you walk in obedience to God, God provides for what's next. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Pastor Sam, I have a big decision to make, you know, with our family or with whatever it is that you decision you're dealing with. I don't know. Well, my question would be like, is God leading you to do this? If your answer is yes, then don't worry. God's going to provide for it. If God's leading you, he'll provide for it. If God's not leading you, then you're going to have a lot of problems. But if God is leading you, he's going to provide for it. You're going to be able to sit back and be like, wow, we, actually, we did it. It was scary. It was, I don't know, it was all these things flooded your mind, but you actually did it. You actually did it. Number two was this is what you think about God will impact your opportunity. What you think about God will impact your opportunity. Church, you you have to understand something. God takes his investments very, very serious. Why? Because our restoration costed his son. It costed his son. It took Jesus dying on the cross for me and you to experience what we're experiencing right now. That's why when Jesus rebukes, in the illustration, he rebukes the man that says, oh, I was afraid and, and, and I, didn't, I didn't, what happened was he didn't take it seriously enough that God had given him something. That this man, and because he didn't take it seriously, what happens? He gets in trouble and it takes him away and he gives it to somebody else. But what you think about God will impact your opportunity. Church, if you knew the gift, who the gift giver was, it would change how you operate. If you realize that, man, God has placed this in me, he's placed this talent, he's placed this vision, he's placed this thing in my hands. If you realize that, man, it's because God gave it, then God will bless it. If God put it in your hands, it's because he's going to bless it. He's going to take care of it. He's going to honor it because he gave it. But what I think about God will impact my opportunity. If I don't view God as the one that's going to provide, if I don't view God as the one that's going to open up the doors, if I don't view God as any of these things, then I'm always going to struggle with what he gave me. And I will waste my opportunities. There's too many people that are, that are wasting their life trying to build their own kingdoms that they're not enjoying what God blessed them with. Because when you turn the page and say, God, I'm here to build your kingdom. As you're building his kingdom, he's blessing your life. Your business is blessed. Your family's blessed. As long as you're building God's kingdom, he's going to take care of your household. He's going to take care of your business. He's going to take care of your calling. He's going to take care of every other area of your life because you're building his. But when we take our eyes off of, off of God... 
and we start looking at all the other situations and we start getting selfish and we start getting greedy and we start getting bitter and all these things start happening. That's why we experience frustration, disappointment, anger. Because we're out of what God's called us to do. He's called us sons and daughter first. He's called us to put him first. That's why in Matthew 6, it says, seek the kingdom first and righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you. He says, seek the kingdom first. You coming today on a Sunday when you could have slept because that hour change jacks us all up. I'm being real. Some of you came in here really late because you realized, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I know I felt it when my alarm came off. I was like, what is this wizardry going on? You know, where's Harry Potter and all this, you know, whatever. But because you're here today and you're saying, God, this is the first day of the week. I'm putting you first. Because you put God first, you will never finish last in this lifetime. Because you said, God, I honor you in the first day of the week. Everything else God blesses. When we make him priority. So that means that some of us, we have to rewire the way we think about God. God's not a tyrant. God is not someone that he just wants to control your life and God doesn't want me to be happy. And it seems like he's just, no, no, no. When you look at God as, like preacher Jay said, the king of king and the lords of lords and savior, it changes the way you live. And it changes what you do with what God's given you. That's why it said, what you think about God will impact your opportunity. Not even in a negative, but let's, try, let's turn it. If you can think about God as God, the one with faith and eyes of faith, to believe, man, it will impact your opportunity in a good way. More doors will open. More things will happen because you changed how you view God and where God has placed you. More favor comes when we walk in obedience. Don't believe what other people say. Oh, why do you go to that church? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, why? God did, didn't do this. And they try to bring their negativity and their, their own issues into the problem. And they try to blame it on God. It's not God's fault, church. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes the problems that we're dealing with is not even the devil's fault. It's our decisions. But we, we, we're very good at finding somebody to blame. But if we can rewire when we think about God, it will impact our opportunities. I am full of faith, church, that what we experience this week is just, we're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do in our city. I really do believe that Laredo will be changed in Jesus' name because we are putting our hands to the plow and we're going to work with what God's given us going to work with the talents, with the wisdom that he's given us, with the opportunities that we get, we're going to work with it. Last one is this, number three, is that when we are faithful to what God's given, more opportunities will come. When we are faithful with what God's given, more opportunities will come. More opportunities. 
regardless of who's against you, regardless if people agree or disagree, or people are trying to slander you because of your commitment to God over politics or over whatever, regardless of that, if you are faithful to what God has given you, he will multiply it. In fact, the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. It says this, The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? What can mere people do to me? In fact, the Bible says that it is, you would, it was better to be afraid of the one that actually can take your soul than people. Because people don't have the ability to take your soul. People don't have the ability. Your eternity, wherever, your eternity is not based on the people around you. So in other words, don't be afraid of those people. Don't be afraid of that. The difference between a good investment and a bad investment is actually the investor, right? Some of us in this church, we have to understand some church. If we're going to, if we're asking God, God, use me. God, multiply it. God, I want more opportunities than be faithful with God's placed in your hand today. Some of us are complaining about the place that we're in instead of, instead of praising God about where he's put us. Church, you have to understand that your platform, your business, wherever you work, that is the perfect platform for God to be glorified. Being faithful where God has placed you, being faithful at your job, being faithful in your school is enough for God to create change in that area. Some of us want God to give us bigger platforms, but we are not doing anything with the one that God's given us. You're saying, saying, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, my job's inconsistent. Then start with your family. That's the biggest platform anyways. More than your job. After God, it's your family. And then everything else. I've told people in the past that I am a father before I am a pastor. I'm Catalina's dad before I'm a pastor at ICM. That's more important to me. I was talking to someone else counseling someone. I said, look, if something were to happen and, I, and, and I'm not here, I could care less. As long as my family is okay, that's what matters to me. As long as I'm faithful, as long as my parents, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it, you're faithful to what God has placed in your hands. As a man, your family is the most important thing over your job, over your title, over your influence. Your family. So maybe you need to start there. Kingdom men. That's your greatest platform. Outside, after that, whatever other platform God places you in. Whatever other platform. But when we are faithful to what God's given us, he multiplies. More opportunities will come. You want God to use you more this year? Be faithful where you're at right now. God, I want to reach the city of Laredo. Reach your business first. 
If you own a business, reach your workers first. If you go to school, reach your middle school, your high school, reach Tammy you. Whatever that platform looks like, reach it. Some of you are cursing what God is blessing. Some of you are cursing the place that God has blessed you to be at. You are cursing, man, I hate this place. I, this place, whatever, X, Y, and Z, man, this and that. You are cursing what God has put you in. And no wonder why you are frustrated with God. But if we can flip the script and say, you know what, God, thank you. My boss can be annoying sometimes, but thank you. My job can be frustrating sometimes, but God, thank you that I get to serve you in this place. Thank you that I get to be in in this position, in this platform. Kingdom Builders Church are all about the platform. Church, we are the missionaries of where God has called us. We don't got to go to Mexico or Venezuela or Africa. God has given you a mission field right here, right now. Right here, right now. But it's costing us, not really a cost, but it's, God is asking us to be faithful with it. The Bible says that the man said, because you were faithful with the small, I'm going to give you more. Because you were faithful with what I gave you, I'm going to give you more. You were faithful to me. You were faithful with what I placed in your hand. I'm going to bless you more. I'm going to multiply everything more because you were faithful to it. The opportunity, the Bible says, multiplied, more opportunities come. We're striking the ground until God says stop. We're striking the ground until time comes, until time is up. But God is asking us to be good stewards with the time that we have now. The time that we have now. If Christ doesn't come, We are here for a limited time. We will all die at some point. In the very far future, 99 times soon. Very far future. Very, very far, far, far. But it would be a waste, church, to look back at your life and see, man, I I could have done more. I think about that all the time. Lord, let me not, I pray about it almost every day. Lord, let me not waste with what you've given me. I don't want to waste what you've given me, God. I tell God every day, God, I don't want to waste it. You've given me, you've been so good to me. I can't waste what you're doing. I can't. Church, God is looking for faithfulness in all of this. That's all he's looking for. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. I know you are too. I can't wait to see what God does with what we're doing next and what God does with what you're choosing to do. But it starts with me and you surrendering to him and saying, God, here is whatever it is. Here's my job. Here's my family. Here's the position I carry. Here it is. Anoint me. Do what you want to do. Can't wait. With what God does with your life when you live with an open hand to say, God, 
whatever you want. Can't wait to see all your business partners come in here. Can't wait to see HEB come, people from HEB come that work there. I can't wait to see the city officials come. I can't wait to see what what happens when I live with my hands open. Say, God, do what you want to do. Anoint me. Give me the wisdom and do what you want to do. I can't wait to see your family members come every Sunday. The people that you've been trying to reach, if for some reason or not, they they make up an excuse. But one day those excuses are going to stop and they're going to come in Jesus' name. I can't wait to see the goodness of God this year. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.